Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse, Code, and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town, The Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch Merchandise today. Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers. Laura Elizabeth as the Orc Countant Eta and Princess Gwendolyn. Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom. McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse Code and Crown! Gwendolyn, you stand uh, several feet behind your most recently decimated body, surrounded by empty suits of armor, um, with just a ball of rage and frustration um, building in you um, of all the challenges you've faced to this point, a lot of them have been about uh, the weight of, of uh, ruling um, the decisions you must make the, um, the way that you're just as one person 
um, your choices will affect uh, the the future trajectory of the entire world. Um, and the weight of knowing that if you don't save Orville, it will fall into tremendous darkness. Already has fallen into tremendous darkness. But right now, in this room full of armor and weapons buried deep underground, none of that matters. And as, as frustrated as you are, there's a freedom to this. Because for the first time, Gwendolyn the warrior is facing off against an enemy. You're not a princess anymore. You're just a pissed off lady in a half-baked suit of armor with wolverine claws. <laughs> as yeah. the massive construct of Karen begins to reform as a massive heap uh, as we've established, limbs aren't really a thing she cares about, so it's more of just a, a, a like a giant gelatinous cube made of armor begins to roll towards you. Uh, no longer princess, merely pissed off warrior. Gwendolyn, what do you do? Uh, I mean, it's just... <sighs> this is a lot of pressure, so I don't know. Just fucking rage attack, blast at her, fucking slashing as much as I can because fucking hell. <laughs> um, so as uh, I'd love, I'd love to fucking push her fucking whole essence out of that armor that she's in. Okay, <laughs> so would you rather do that than a slam attack, or like a, a slashing attack? Are you going to try and force of will her out of her her pile? Yeah, I think I am because. I'm fucking done with this. Okay. Laura, how does your uh, leave the armor ability work again? Sorry, it's been Yeah, it's been a while. so I mean, the th that's the thing. I don't really know if there's a mechanic for this, Tom. Um, oh, I'm well aware there isn't. I'm about to build okay. one. I'm just asking what the you leave your armor thing is so I can build that into whatever solution I make gotcha. up. Gotcha, yeah. So I can detach a soul from my body for up to 10 minutes. Um... I move through objects and creatures like their difficult terrain. I fly at a speed of 40 feet. Uh, so normally it's like an attempt to possess a humanoid um, with uh, like a challenge rating um, at least two less than my level. Okay. That's generally what that is. So here's how I think we're going to spin that. Um, we're going to make this... Um... I think a, we'll call it an opposed, it'll be an opposed check. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to have you roll with pure con against her, I guess, wisdom. Okay. Uh, okay. So um, you're basically, you look down at, your, at, at the claws in your gauntlets and at least it's something. So at first you're thinking about what Duncan has taught you. Like, right, I'm going to go stomp on whatever foot I can find and just throw a jab. But this rage is just building in you and this frustration. And I think also just the fact that an entity like Karen is somehow more powerful. Um, and it unfortunately does echo all of your fears about... Um, what your brother will do as the king of Orvel, what you might have done as queen of Orvel had this all not happened. And suddenly the like, I need to punch this rage becomes a lot more metaphysical. And as Karen 
sort of uh, rolls towards you, slouching towards you as mm-hmm. this tide of armor. She just says, you know, I've been thinking, Gwendolyn, uh, about how I'm like your heir, so I must speak more like this. And I've been thinking about what to do about Orville. It seems you never truly came to a solution. You were too busy yelling at your best advisors about all the things you missed. So I've come up with a plan. You see... I'm not of your family, so perhaps I will go and meet your brother and his Sinkai allies, marry into the family, and then just drive Orvel into the ground. Not metaphorically, and yes, I know what metaphors are, but literally, I will just drive your floating city into the ground, and as all of your citizens burn and die, I will proclaim... This is Gwendolyn's will. After all, Duncan reminded me recently of how vengeful you are and how much you care for justice. So perhaps I shall bring my justice to them. Hmm? At which point you fly out of your armor at her. Uh, what do you yell, say, retort as you, you arc through the air? Um... <laughs> I I say, um, uh, you're not my heir. I'm the heir of Amala Kin fucking Solaris. And she was a Dawnbreaker. And Duncan, he's not a fucking dog. He's a Dawnbreaker too. And he taught me to fight pieces of shit like you. So fuck you. <laughs> Dope. Uh, go ahead and roll your con check, please. I'm going to give you advantage because of uh, the fact that you invoked both... Amalek and Solaris, the Philosopher Queen, and Duncan Kindano, as though they're the same <laughs> equal gods in your pantheon. This is very funny to me. That's a 21 total. Uh, I rolled a 17, which only brings it to a 20. Uh, <gasps> so you fly just like full bore into um, Karen. And as you hit her... Um, Basically, as you feel um, your Azul crash into this wave of armor, um, Gwendolyn, you come tumbling out the other side um, into uh, a grassy clearing. Um, and uh, looking down, um, you're in uh, the dress you were murdered in, and uh, you have uh, human hands again. You do the same fucking armor hand Iron Man thing. Yeah. Um, and um, you look up uh, and uh, you see a small terrier um, sort of sitting, uh, looking as uh, a uh, looking on kind of beside you, almost almost like he might be aware of your presence um, as uh, you you view um, a woman wearing like a very simple peasant's dress, um, pointed ears, kind of long, scraggly white hair. Um, and she's sitting um, kind of uh, with her legs kicked out to the side, um, just running a finger um, over the um, surface of a pond. Um, you seem to be in a forest, um, and uh, this lady is just kind of smiling into the water, um, and she just says, um, you know, 
the problem, dearie, with uh, ambition is you come to believe that you're better than other people. And you're powerful, yes, and, and we've, we've accomplished great things, and I will be exiled for this choice. But you, my dear, are legitimately the worst, <laughs> the absolute worst. And Gus is not. Gus is kind. Gus is helpful. Gus is excited about what is possible. And though it spits in the face of everything I've been raised to believe and our society believes, I think we ought to elevate that and not raw ambition. But I also don't want to doom you to oblivion, dearie. And though I must make way for any prophecy that might come, I also don't want you to pass. So rest assured you will have a nice home where you can do no further damage. Gus will be my new familiar and we shall seek out a new life elsewhere. And you see a koi leap up out of the water and um, uh, the woman just raises a hand and the koi freezes midair. And she just says, because that's the thing. Life is about the people we meet, not about who we are. Goodbye, Karen. Enjoy the museum. With a flick of her hand, Agatha Drusilla casts Karen out of the pond into a waiting frame. Uh, and a portrait artist with a brush in hand goes, oh, um, okay, uh, that's easier. <laughs> Fine. Uh, and looks down at his uh, iguana familiar who just shrugs. And they mm -hmm. just take the portrait and, and wander off. And then Agatha turns around and says, um, now, Gus, I don't know if this will work or not, but um, what do you say we go build a house and find out? And Gus is like, oh boy, that sounds great. And then as Agatha stands up, she just turns to you, Gwendolyn, and winks. And Gus says, well, I just can't wait to meet you. Uh, and then the two of them walk off and you fall back um, into uh, the room full of armor. Um, you find yourself in a crater drifting um, charred armor uh, surrounds you and a weird kind of um, twin suit is standing, but it's no longer a massive wave. Uh, it is a much more uh, corporeal creature. And Karen just says like, how dare you interfere with my memories? That is very mean. Ah. Uh. Get out. And <laughs> with that, you lurch up in your own construct body and punch Karen right the fuck through the wall. Meanwhile. Um, yes. I mean, don't get too excited. Uh, we have to deal with Ida now. Uh, meanwhile, back <laughs> in the demon chamber, uh, top of the round, Hank and Dean, the Vulture brothers. <laughs> uh, all right. So they're going to attack uh they they have a multi-attack as as giant vultures a little bit of beak and talon action beak so that's talent. a natural 20 Whew. for hank and that's a natural 20 for dean on the other die <laughs> so uh listen hbo max if you're listening that's two nat 20s so give us season nine <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Carry on, okay. sir. All right. So I'm just going to try and roll this all as one big damaging attack. So 2d4. So this is, I don't have enough dice. Jesus, 2d4 plus 2. And Talons is 2d6 plus 2. Okay. So this is one crit attack where it's 4d6 and 4d4. Jesus Christ. So Hank's damage is 11, 25, 29, 30, 32, 36, 38, uh, and then plus two on each. So Jesus, uh, 42 damage. Holy shit. Uh, okay. And now update Dean. my math here. <laughs> yep, go go ahead. Dean's attack. All right. Yeah, that's cool. I'm I'm keeping track. <laughs> All right, so that's eleven. Did you roll their multi attacks separately, or did you roll once for all of their attacks? I I I rolled their multi attacks uh, separately. Yeah. Oh man, this is wild. Fucking yeah. vultures, man. <laughs> Duncan Them may as well retire. Crooked vultures. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I also get to add bonuses to all the attacks four. against it, which I forgot about. For everyone or just you? 15, For any creature I can see. 16, 17, 18, 19, a lot of ones here. Uh, all right. Uh, 23 uh, plus four, uh, 27 damage from Dean. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Um, and Laura, how much extra damage do those two attacks get? Eight total. Since, uh, since he critted, I will let you roll those twice. That he has a lot of HP. Oh. <laughs> have a bone. <laughs> 18. He had a lot of HP. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. All right, good job, Hank and Dean. Whew. I'm just going to adjust my character sheet so I don't forget that again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bring us to the Dougler. Okay. Uh, Maka, you're standing at his feet now, which means he's definitely in your spore aura. Yes. Spora, if you will. Um, what is the... It's con? Con save 15. All right. He does save uh, this okay, time. So just no damage to him. No damage? Okay. Um, he is just being like assaulted by these vultures. Um, and he's like, I wanted snacks, not attacks. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Um, Tyler, here's a question for you that I actually don't know the answer to. Um, since the vultures are, they have their own initiative, obviously. They do their own attacks. Are they considered other creatures in the combat? Yes. Okay. One moment, please, as I bring up my spell list. Um, oh, shit. Okay. Um, as Laura would have learned had she asked about spell levels, uh, the highest level spell that the <laughs> Duggler has uh, is level eight. Holy um, shit. It's a spell called Maze. Uh, and he just reaches up blindly, like as the vultures are like plucking at two of his eyes and just grabs both of them and squeezes and they disappear. Um, sorry, Tyler, you're going to have the same experience Laura is having. Uh Hank and Dean um, appear within a labyrinthine demiplane. Um, they are in an endless maze uh, in a full-on, 
like I'm imagining a classic hedge maze, but if MC Escher built it, so just a full multi-layer cube of a maze. Um, and uh, they are there unless they can escape. But realistically, I think because they're made of spores... They, they probably, have stats like like it's basically you use giant vulture stats when you when you conjure an animal. Do you? This is I this can, is a weird meta question. I think for you, Tyler, as a player, uh, in the way you're conceiving of Maka summoning, controlling these things, how you think about Jossie em, embodying them, if they were banished to an alternate plane of existence, <laughs> would they continue what? to exist or would they dissipate? Do you think? If you think they would, and like you can make the argument for why they would continue to exist, I know statistically mm -hmm. they do exist separately. I'm very happy to have them try and escape this maze. I'm just really curious, based on the kind of odd nature of your summoning, what you think. I think it might be a moot question in this case, because if Maka sees that they've disappeared, he's going to cease his concentration on that spell and probably do something else. And when his concentration ends, the face, the fey uh, spirits dissipate and the spell ends. Meanwhile, in the demiplane, um, Gavin, uh, the imp of mazes, uh, looks around and he's like, ha ha, welcome to my, ah, shit. <laughs> all right, everybody, reset the maze, reset the maze. Um, <laughs> fuck, and like all, like just a full cabin in the woods level of monsters come like stumbling out and just like, all right, shit. They're like cleaning things up and like moving things around. And um, <sighs> honestly, it's, Gavin's having a day. Uh, his husband won't even look him in the eyes anymore. It's it's a whole thing. Um, okay, cool. So um, uh, Hank and Dean having done massive damage and being banished to a demiplane um, dissipate uh, and stand by. I imagine like a weird vulture hanger for their next deployment. Um, but um, yeah, for the, the dwarves, they're like, oh no, you know, those cool vultures only did live once. They don't know you resummon them. Uh, so they fight extra hard. They're like inspired uh, by uh, Hank and Dean. Um, they don't know their names, but they're pretty psyched mm. about it. Um, but uh, that will take the Douglas' full attention uh, for that okay. round. Um, largely because he's also mind... blindly reaching. Okay. Would you mind letting me know anytime he kills... Um... The dwarves that a are dwarf. down near his down near me. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay. Um, actually, let me roll for that now because that would be on his turn. Okay. Um, there are six. Uh oh. Uh, there are six dwarves uh, yellowing down there. Um, he proceeds to stomp five of them to death. Okay. Uh, in the spirit of keeping like numbers up against this guy, um, a new ability is activated for Maka. It's a reaction, so it doesn't even take place on his turn. Amazing. Uh, but the reason he jumped down there was basically his halo of spores can now basically infest a fresh corpse and bring it back to life. So uh, in in I think the way I figured it out is uh, it's the cordyceps fungus that comes down basically uh, and through magic does like an accelerated infestation. So it's not like it's a ghoul or anything like that. It is just fungus uh, uh, tapping into like the brain of like a freshly dead body and making it ambulatory. So it's um, the last of us fungus monsters. Yes, yeah, basically, yeah. Um, they have the zombie uh, stat sheet, which I have in front of me, um, but their HP it. is one because it's, it it's so like much. a, a no, little like effect thing. It's so not, good. So it, it comes back <laughs> with one HP. Um, and it... Maka, roll me a perception check, please. 
Or, or you know what? I'll also let you do a religion if you want instead. I think perception's better. <laughs> let me see. Uh, it is. Um, that's a 26. Um, the Duggler does not respond uh, to the um, Cordycept zombies rising. It's still trying to stomp the one remaining dwarf and you. Uh, and obviously, like, sweeping at the things. Um, but uh, based on the snack argument you had earlier and how you you understand the Duggler, um, since the dwarves are dead, it doesn't seem to be paying any attention to those bodies. It doesn't even seem to be aware of them. So they're going to get some free hits in because... Okay. It is just one. It's one rises up. As a oh, reaction. I'm sorry. I, I thought you one. rose all of them, and I was like, holy no, shit, that would be, that would be something, now? but... But okay. uh, it's it's one per, I believe. Okay. Um, so Let me make sure that's right. What that I mean that makes a good rule sense. Um, what is the basic equipment of the demon knight you've just raised? What do they look like? Uh, it's. Um, I think it doesn't even hold its weapon up. It just gets back up because again, it's 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 a plant controlling yep. meat. So it just basically stands and will try to attack with its hands. Um, Tyler, uh, I'm going to give you advantage on just and mark this on your sheet for this ability in general moving forward. Um, because you merged with the Root Folk Archivist, you're actually very good at um, like the, the Cordyceps zombie isn't just acting entirely of its own volition. Your guidance is sort of there is a difference here. Yeah, like this thing has a one hour life and then it drops and it's basically mulch. Yeah, um, like I can cast like animate dead if I want to. And that's a whole other bag of like complicated morals. Um, but because this one is specifically vegetation based, I'm giving yeah. you advantage on its attacks because of the okay. archivist. I will note that then. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. Um, it, it acts as a bonus action on my turn. Okay. Great. Great. Um, okay. And does the Douglar recover from blindness? Thank you, Ryan. Yes. Yes. With a roll of four. <laughs> and I'm sorry, what's your... 15. Not quite. We're, uh, we're getting so lucky with this. <laughs> yeah, honestly, after that double 20, I feel like every bad roll I have is well-earned. Um, <laughs> double 20 yeah. on disadvantage should be illegal. Um, but was too cool not to rig. <laughs> uh, Duncan. All right, uh, Duncan, who's still dancing around, stabbing at the lower legs, uh, knowing this thing is still blind because it's not paying attention, can't talk loudly, but he says to himself, it's time to send you back to AC hell. Uh, and he wants to stab through the back of its ankle with the rapier and try to rip back out through, like, fuck up its ACLs. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, okay, go ahead. You have advantage on that attack. Yep. Dub. YOLO. That is a 27 for the stab in. Yeah, bud. Followed by. Oh, that one's very bad. No matter what I do, that is a. Uh, shit. A 11. No. <laughs> you know what? It's his fault. He got a little cocky. Rapiers aren't meant to do cutting. So he earned it. <laughs> Oh, Laura, did I have anything to add boost to that? Uh, only to the damage. Oh, okay. Well, then what am I boosting to the damage? Add six. Oh, nice. what? 
That's amazing. Uh, 17, yeah, I get to add a 1d10. Awesome. 17 uh, magical piercing. What advice did you give me to enhance my stab into its ACL? Um, remember, it is blind. <laughs> it's weirder because that helped than anything else. <laughs> yep. But you did remember it. You did get reminded it was blind. That's why he remembered to whisper his thing about the ACL <laughs> instead of yelling the AC hell joke. I also feel like um, Duncan has spent a lot of time being really worried about other people in the combat, specifically Gwen dying. So not having that and then just having like someone else who's legitimately trying to encourage you in the way that you often have to encourage everyone else. It's just kind of nice. It's just nice to be like, oh, you're not as good a cook as me, but it's really nice that you're chopping up the greens. <laughs> hey, stab. Um, okay, dope. Um, solid damage. Like, you know, we're, we're getting there. Um, Ryan, is there anything else you want to do movement or otherwise? I've I've almost equaled Hank and Dean. Um, is there anything I can do? I no. I think I'm honestly I'm good for now. Like I'm because I I'm always in reach of the demon. There's no way to like run out of range. Like this is just where we be at. Because mm-hmm. um, it's blind already. Yeah. So the now I'm. Normally I'd be like, I'll run out of range because it's harder to hit me. But I'm like, it's in the whole room and it's blind. Nah, we're we're just gonna stay in the danger zone with Maka. Um the Duggler is gonna take a legendary action and attack you on your turn. Um still blind. Great. Um Ryan, can you roll me a deck save, please? Yes, I can. And I would like to use my point of inspiration. For if I do not survive to save the princess, mm-hmm. <laughs> no one will. Sorry, man, it's not a story point. You can just be like, I don't want to lose this role. Let me go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm always going to have reasons. No, uh, I like it. That's what I love you for. That is a 25. Okay, amazing. Um, all four arms come crashing down at you, but with a 25... Um, you manage to, again, just Michael Bay Transformer leap, um, meaning only um, two are going to um, be coming at you rather than all four. Uh, Rolled a two and an 11. The 11 would have murdered you. The two cannot. And crit fail. Uh, I'm going to let you take an attack of opportunity. Um, It's just blindly punching the ground uh, around <laughs> you. And um, there's one thing you'll love. It's when a thing with a big torso just gets like right down over top of you like a weird shitty meat umbrella. Um, Amazing. So go meat ahead and... Uh, so if you'll recall, an attack of opportunity is just a pure melee attack. It's not super fancy. You won't get your uh, sneak attack. Not your sneak attack, but your advantage punch. But um, yeah, just one proper stab great that will miss dramatically that'll be like (laughs) a nine however i do want to take a reaction uh which is help i guess Mm -hmm. 
I guess four plus nine isn't going to cut it anyway. Never mind. No, there's there's no help there, no matter what. Uh, but I want to. I when a creature misses you with a melee weapon attack, I could spend a swashing point to turn that into an attack back against the creature, essentially, where I can knock it aside and stab. So swashing points, still yeah. dumbly named, but very Could appropriate. He, couldn't stab the arm the way he hoped, but he can get right into that gut if he's lucky. Um, Tom, would I have advantage on this one? <sighs> you can also say no. I'm fine with it. You know what? I want to say no, but you've got a cordyceps zombie, a YOLO screaming demon knight, and Maka down there with you, and it's blinded. So yes. <laughs> All right. In fact, Ryan, roll that previous attack again. You should have had advantage, not because of everything else that was going on, but because it's blinded. Okay, well, here's the fun thing. On my first attack, my repost, I got a nat 20 on the first die. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just funny, but not Okay, take that for the repost. And I rolled a second four on the other one. So, no, the repost counts. The other one's dark shit. Uh, you know, sometimes life finds a way. Yeah. The, oh, my the dear friend, Ian Malcolm. The dice support this narrative yep. that we're telling right now. This is All the right. way. So what do I what am I adding, Laura, to this damage? Uh, I can't. I've already used this twice in the round. I only get to I only get two reactions per right. round. Sorry, then Ryan. I I, I don't only even, two reactions. That's fucking cool as hell. I don't even want it. Uh, okay, I've got uh, fourteen <laughs> magical piercing damage to its tummy. Ooh, all right. It is. Uh, it's getting down there. It's it's still up, but it's. Uh, you, I, I will say, uh, y'all are are, are <laughs> doing faster damage than I expected, which is very good. Good work, team. Uh, Maka, uh, you uh, see Duncan just get like four fists come down around him, but it's like um, Buster Keaton when that house fell on him and he just happened to be in the window that didn't kill him. Uh, but if Buster Keaton had a rapier, he jammed into the gut <laughs> of the house. <laughs> Um, how is, uh, how's Duncan looking? Duncan is actually looking pretty decent. He's like scratched up and bloody around the edges, but he's not in a condition you would worry about him in a fight he's right now. Jim Henson movie bloody. So like pretty much fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> Intellectually horrifying, but like physically not that hurt. He's John McClane at the beginning of act two. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Good metric. I think that's how I'm going to describe my health from now on in life. It's like, oh, you got a cold? Yeah, I'm John McClane when he didn't have those shoes. <laughs> I think like I'm grandmother's gonna, size. I think I'm going to cast Healing Word anyway. It's a bonus action, so it'll do a little less healing. But just we want to keep our big damage dealer topped up. So bonus action to cast Healing Word. I don't even need to be near him. Um, I just sigh heavily and exhale and these glowing spores come out and they float over to you and they start to stitch up your wounds. You're going to heal eight points of damage. Oh, nice. There's something so beautifully on brand about Maka's healing word just being like a sigh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to, we're, we're going like ham on this guy. So I'm going to conjure animals again. Uh, I'm going to burn another spell slot for that uh, level three. Uh, and this time I am conjuring a giant constrictor snake. Its its size class is huge, um, and so I have to roll Jesus. its. I have Your to roll anaconda its don't. Your yeah. anaconda don't. <laughs> oh, it didn't do great for initiative, which means it actually might get a turn soon, <laughs> sooner than the top. Um, <laughs> if it drops it at the bottom, it's in this turn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
dex plus two, so that's five uh, initiative. <laughs> yeah, man, it goes after Ida. Uh, do you have a name for for this? Uh, no, I just I just. All uh, right. So Severus Snake goes in at uh, the bottom there. Uh, okay. Damn, man, that was like it's so rare to want to fuck up an initiative roll, yeah. but. Either so, got a nine, so like, well done. <laughs> we're, we're, we're down in this like pit amongst its legs and Maka just basically extends a hand and he actually taps into the knowledge of the root folk to think of this creature. Mm. So it's like an expanded bestiary now because you can only conjure forth animals that you've seen, I believe. Very so he's, yep, he now knows of, of the giant constrictor snake Love and he basically casts his hand aside and, and in his vision in front of him where there was empty space as he wipes his hand across, the, you see the, the form of the snake as it, as it basically encircles the pit because it's so long Fuck, and large. Fuck, man, that is rad as hell. All right, great. Yeah. Uh, so an anaconda is in. Um, that's probably the easiest name for it, just so we yeah. all remember it's massive. Because in my head, I'm like, oh, you throw snakes out of your sleeve. That's fun, but it's like, no. It no, it's size class is huge, which I'm surprised to read. And it is a giant constrictor. Yeah, you got to walk without rhythm or that guy will fuck you up. Um, Okay, cool. Uh, Ita. Um, Have I got anything in the lab? Like, you know, like a battery that I can like hook this. Uh, Well, that's a very uh, apt question, actually, Laura. Um, I feel like if Ita survives this, we'll, we'll stat out some like, what the appropriate skill check term would be for this sort of stuff. Um, I guess what I'm looking for, it might just be investigation because it's how do you put together all of the things you've read and observed? Um, I think, okay. So investigation, I think of as more like I'm, I'm in a room. I'm looking for a specific clue. I'm looking for something. When I think of like basically putting my it's entire arcana body is the way you've knowledge, been together, it's right? arcana. Great. Yeah, it's definitely it can... arcana. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and this is literally just like, you know, you're in an escape room back when the world was open. The alarms are blaring, and you just have to go full Zach Galifianakis at that poker table, and just <laughs> Sherlock Holmes it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's a 15. Okay, cool. Um, So you're good at understanding the odds. um, And this thing, uh, particularly uh, given what you know of Trine, is not going to die based on just stabbing it repeatedly. It might go down, but the odds of it just like magically disappearing are pretty low. Um, That said, um, you also remember the lights. You remember that they were called demon lights earlier? Yeah. You understand that um, it would seem that uh, this demon lord, the Dugler, um, has been powering all of the, of the facility uh, for quite some time. So, unfortunately, the disadvantage to that is you need the Dugler to charge this. There isn't a battery because they've never had batteries. They've always relied on this. Yeah. But if he goes down, all of the cables are still there all of the equipment is still here, you might be able to repower Sprongbrek if he drops. And if you can, you can get the call up topside to uh, drop the fortress. Um, um, okay, that's cool. Um, so are the cables like at hand? 
they're hanging from the ceiling. They were all um, kind of drilled into the crystal, but when the crystal exploded, they're just dangling from the ceiling. Okay, I I I do want to prepare them, like get them. I need to get them down or whatever I need to do to like. Uh, because yeah, 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 absolutely. What I want to do is like I want Demon to go down, and I want to like throw the cables over over my shoulder and like <laughs> like run and jump, like you know. I love <laughs> this. this. Is what I'm this imagining is, this doing. Is classic. But I need like, to get them from the ceiling. Nerdy side character desperately <laughs> trying to like make good at the end. So to get up there, you're going to need to climb. Uh, go ahead and roll me uh, an athletics check, please. Yeah, that's that's. You do have a heroic inspirational hold based on you have one remaining point of inspiration. Yeah, I think I'm probably gonna if there was ever use, a time. Yeah. Uh 16. Yeah, I mean you're you're okay. just trying to climb. I know, um, but I so I don't I don't always know how difficult I understand. No, no, no. I, I agree. <laughs> like, oh, um, that wasn't a 25. <laughs> this is very much um Jake Lloyd at the end of Jingle All the Way, just like trying to get away from Sinbad. <laughs> Um, don't want to be climbing this, but you realize you kind of have to. Um, and even though, uh, athletics isn't your thing, um, you start doing that thing where you just look to various handholds and you're like, okay, probability is bad for that. Decent for this. Oh, okay. That, that works. Um, Ida, what are you thinking as you climb? Uh, this is probably the first time you've ever actually climbed a thing before. Yeah. I'm literally thinking like, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. I push with my leg, and I'm <laughs> it's like right. literally that she is. This is why I like to cut to your internal monologue because it's always fun. Um, <laughs> great. So, uh, Ida, you begin to climb, um, uh, waiting for the appropriate moment to drop the cables, bringing us to the anaconda. <laughs> All right. The anaconda uh, slithers in between uh, the Douglar's legs and will attempt to constrict him. Uh, the Hoff Gambit, I like it. Yeah. Uh, melee attack plus six to hit. Uh, with advantage 18. because you got a bunch of people fighting. Oh, okay. 18 won't do it, unfortunately. 18 is the higher one, so that's unfortunate. Um, okay, uh, and so that will end uh, the snake's turn. Okay, but um, still good for Duncan... He doesn't have to protect the dwarf or the cordyceps monster anymore. Also, uh, Tyler, you can use your cordyceps zombie this round, can you not? Yeah, it should have gone right after me, but I forgot, so I was going to leave it. But if, if no, you no, want, ahead, I can, I can do it. Okay. Dude, you can't summon a cordyceps zombie <laughs> out of a dwarf in demon-enchanted monster armor that it's soul-bound to and not have an attack. So it I is didn't build the a... scenario to not see that. So does 19 hit? Yes, on the nose. Okay, 19 does hit, okay. Uh, so this little rotten boy is going to do 1d6 plus 1 <laughs> bludgeoning damage. Two. <laughs> Honestly, again, can't stress this enough. Every point counts. That's why I'm going Smash Bros. Ultimate. Everybody's here. I'm just trying to bring <laughs> as many... Many hands on deck. Evoke uh, memories of great games that they won't let us play anymore so we can be like, <laughs> oh yeah, that one. Um, okay, awesome. Um, top of the round, uh, the wall crashes open, uh, implodes inward, and a weird double-fused suit of armor flies through and crashes into the side of the Duggler before falling into the pit. Uh, 
Duncan Kindano, you hear um, voices from all around you. Just be like, ow, that like really fucking hurt. This armor sucks. Uh, and Duncan has never felt greater joy in his life than seeing the Karen monster show up. Because <laughs> uh, he immediately abandons the blind demon. Like he's just... <laughs> He's, he's there, and then it's just back roll the fuck out. Uh, and his whole goal is just to to attack uh, Karen. Clear, it's not your round yet. I just wanted you to know this. It doesn't even matter. He's done. In his head, he's not even with the demon that he's currently with. Great. He's picturing how he will kill Karen. Top of the round, the Dougler, uh taking damage from that sphere of symbiote business. Oh, fuck. No, he takes it. <laughs> <laughs> I have oh, it a real crisis of faith because, like, I want to win these rules, but I'm also really happy when he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> Ten necrotic damage. Holy shit! All right. Yeah. It's thanks to souped-up uh, symbiotic entity, it does more damage with that. Yeah, man, it's tasty. Cool. Um, okay, uh, so still blinded. Um. Uh. Interesting. Okay. Uh, sorry, I need to look up a spell real quick. Um, man, if this works, it's going to be fucking real dumb. Okay, I came up with a song about spores because this is just where my brain's at today. Yeah, yeah, we'll fill the time anyways. When there's spores in your eye, oh, you're going to die from his spores. Ah. <laughs> Hank and Dina. Uh, that's great. Love it. Um <laughs> I don't know why my brain is just doing bad pun songs this this, this episode, but it is. Uh, I mean, honestly, Ryan, nothing's going to earn you points of inspiration faster. Not in this case, because <laughs> we're in a boss fight, but anywhere else. Uh, Tyler, um, uh, the Duggler feels um, a snake uh, winding around uh, his feet. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, I was kind of confused about those two winged fuckos, but... Uh, I think you and I might understand each other. Uh, and he casts Dominate Beast. Uh, I'm going to need you to roll a wisdom save for the Anaconda. Anaconda stats. Where are you at? Wisdom plus zero. 18. Just oh, a damn. straight roll. Uh, holy shit. You match it, so you win. Um, nice. If it meets it, it beats it. Yep. Uh, and he's like, oh, damn, this anaconda sucks. Your giant snake sucks. Random person <laughs> trying to kill me. You know, hey, I thought we were kind of buds, though. I was wrong. Took away my snacks. Um, well, shit. Um, yeah, I think that's about all he can do. He has a lot of interesting abilities, but none of them help him in this particular situation. <laughs> none uh, of them help him being grappled by a snake while blind, Tom? You didn't well, fighting a bunch this? of people in a pit while blind, while just having been hit in the face by a flying suit of armor. Yeah, no, none of this really uh, plays in. <laughs> For the record, uh, he's been blind four turns in a row. <laughs> we're going to see if he gets out. Um, Tyler, Thanks. this is a uh, con? Uh, it is a con save, yep. 15. All right, there we go. It's a 17. Okay. The blindness ends. He blinks his eyes and he's like, wait, a turtle? Excellent. A guy waving a flag? An orc countin'? A suit of armor? A giant snake? A cordyceps zombie? One dude left? 
fuck, this is an awesome thing to see. I cast ah. blindness. <laughs> <laughs> you wait your fucking turn, Holmes. Uh, Duncan. Great. Um, so, so just to be clear, we have the Karen beast has is burst in the into pit. the room. Smashed off the head of the Duggler and landed in the pit. I know it's so... Like, I'm sorry. I know it's a bummer to have your worst enemy prone in a pit with you. It's true. Um, so can I fight her without giving the Duggler attacks of opportunity or do I yes, need to disengage? Yes, no, there's so much stuff fighting the Duggler right now. Dope. It's Just wildly checking. unfair to be like, I'm going to ignore the snake and the dwarf and the cordyceps monster and the turtle so I can punch you. Take that, flag man. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll the fuck over there then. Uh, do I have anything that will help me? kill her uh actually i just have an exciting ability so i have an exciting ability called ready to fight mm -hmm. uh which it, it means that i'm like duncan as things have gone on has essentially been able to react faster and faster to violence because now he's got a lot of practical real world experience uh and that means that i have advantage against any creature that hasn't taken a turn in combat yet so she just burst into the room, hit the Duggler, and fell down. It's a new fight, so I just wanted to check, Tom, if this is going to count. Look, I'm going to allow this. For the record, she is in uninitiative order. It's just not this one, so yes, <laughs> you can have it. Cool, fair enough. That, that's reasonable. Now for the, the stabbing. Uh, and so, so she is a torso with arms and she legs. She has two chest plates um, kind of jammed together in that way that two things that don't really fit works. So it's like a weird heart almost. Um, and she's got like two arms hanging off one side, one arm hanging off another and like three legs. Great. I think he is just, it's been, it's a running and it's like full on Superman punch. He just wants to ram the rapier through a breastplate. Cause it, like just yep. through both. Nice. So I'll, it's all going to be one big hit, but I'll roll it as my two attacks as we've talked about. Uh, and I think his answer is the charge is murder. I'm the sentence is death. Uh, as he leaps through the air. Yay. The first one is a 26. I don't know why you bothered telling me these roles, Ryan. Mm -hmm. I think the answer is yes. And the second one is also a 26. Jesus. <laughs> He's very sure. These roles do. Fucking hates Karen. <laughs> so 10 magical piercing damage plus uh, 6 magical piercing damage. So 16 magic-fueled piercing damage against Karen's torso. You stab squarely through the chest plate and you see the entire armor go, like, um, stiff. Um, arms, all three arms fly out um, and go limp and the entire armor set falls apart. And you just hear, ow, Fuck! Cool. I think at this point, like, he's still just kicking armor away. Like, he thinks Karen's <laughs> fucking faking it. <laughs> he hates her so much. Uh, yeah, which is a good call, because at that point, the armor of Kinsolaris reaches up around your throat 
and cranks your head back, dragging you to the ground. Dum Dums and Dice would like to invite you to check out their flagship podcast, Dum Dums and Dragons. It's a show where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. It features Laura Elizabeth as the wizard Alan, Tyler Hewitt as the thief Quinny, and Ryan LaPlante as a cleric named Butthole. Through their first season, these heroes experience the minds of Fandelva, but starting in season two, they step into a world of fully original adventures from the mind of DM Tom McGee. Follow them from the beginning of their quest through five more seasons and beyond. Check it out now. Dom, Doms and Dragons. Maka, you see Duncan get dragged to the ground by the armor in his backpack. Uh, hanging off his ass pack specifically, I think we've established. Um, Tom, this like, is a weird thing, but it exists on my weird skills. This could very well not affect anything, but I am sure-footed and have advantage against being knocked, prone, grappled, or incapacitated. <laughs> okay, then I will say she grapples you from this, but doesn't knock you prone. Dope. It's instead just like, ah, oh, what? Fuck, fuck. It's, uh, you're just <laughs> doing a full Bruce Campbell uh, evil Dead fighting his own hand thing. We're just nice. like the the pack. It, it's like if uh, Chewbacca got attacked by C three PO on his bag. <laughs> just like arms around you, like you're being like kicked like in the dick from behind, from like the leg hanging off. Um, she also isn't a body. She's just a bundle of armor, so she doesn't have a lot of leverage. Um, but you stumble back, but being sure footed, mm -hmm. you don't fall I'm, over. I'm fighting a living backpack. Yeah, I'm yeah. Down. It was gonna get real bad, but I'm. This this is better. Good good work, uh, Maka. Uh, yes. Okay. So I have a concentration spell up, which is conjure animals, which actually really limits the spells I can cast. Um, and so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to cast the cantrip Chill Touch, mm. uh, which you might remember from boss fights previous to this. Um, so Chill boss Touch. Boss fights of Christmas past. That's right. Uh, so I'm going to create a ghostly skeletal hand, uh, and I, th uh, uh, I'm going to basically have it, um, I've had it like come up out of the ground to clutch the, um, it was like a spriggan or a, a yeah, like a, it, it was the, yeah. yeah. Jumping between trees. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually we're under another familiar, I seeded oh, yeah. that a long time ago and I didn't tell anybody. Yes. Uh, um, Instead of coming up out of the ground, because we're underground, I think it's going to swing down from out of the ceiling and it's going to grab uh, or attempt to grab um, the juggler by the throat and, and squeeze. Uh, so Oof. it's a spell attack. And I don't have advantage. Um, unless the snake and zombie and other fighter. Uh, yeah, no, you, there's today. enough. Uh, you've summoned enough shit that I think you do. Okay. Um, Maka, before you roll that, can you please roll me a perception check? Yeah. Ugh, not good. Uh, nine. You do still have a point of advantage kicking around, I believe. Inspiration? I believe so. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, you have, a, you have a held one. Let's go for that. Let's spend inspiration on this attack. And if it's an attack roll, you get to add a d4 for bless. It's a perception check. Fuck. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. I will spend it on the perception check. Yes, sorry. Got it. That's a better roll. Um, instead of a two, I rolled a four. So plus seven is 12? Fuck, that man, that'll do. I just 11, needed a 10. Yeah. Um, you, uh, Maka, I kind of imagine this like a uh, fast bender Magneto uh, where you're just kind of looking really intensely in a direction. Also, that dear sweet man, so much acting, just looking intense <laughs> at his hands. Um, you go to some of the skeletal hand and as you look up, you see Ita pulling wires off the ceiling. 
My question to you is, do you want to capture her and the wires as you pull this hand forward? I don't understand the question. Like, no, I definitely wouldn't want to hurt her or anything like that. I wouldn't want to grab her with this hand. Um, I, I guess I'm asking, do you want to try, like, what I was trying to get with the perception check is, do you recognize that she is trying to do a thing that requires her to take something from the ceiling to the demon? Because theoretically, with your hand coming out and swinging down, you could carry her with, not that you're going to like squeeze her into its throat, okay, okay. but you could theoretically like carry her through on the hand. That said, you raise a valid point. Um, let's roll an insight check to see if you understand that that's what she's trying to do. Because actually all you see is uh, the French orc just trying to pull wires off the ceiling, yeah. which might not convince that. <laughs> and, and I think I got confused because the way the spell's supposed to be used is like that hand hurts things that it touches. <laughs> oh, I understand. But desperate uh, times, demon lords, etc. cetera. Uh, insight you ask for? Yeah, because I think- 22. Okay, so you do recognize, because uh, like, I think if you look up, you see either like constantly looking, like it's it's one of those classic like, looks like looks at the duggler looks at the wires looks at the duggler <laughs> yeah, pull, yeah, yeah. pull and also trying to like stretch the wires towards the duggler but they're only meant to touch the top of the crystals there's like a lot of awkward okay. bullshit going on then if you'll if, have to roll to dodge the damage but you can help her in what she's trying to do say so in the close-up shot of her that's her perspective she can see all her math and like the window pane but when we zoom back out and see you looking up at her you can also see a little bubble of math around her head <laughs> mapping out what's happening <laughs> Because I think the way I'm thinking of this, Tyler, is if you wanted to bring her with you, when the hand sweeps through from the ceiling, it rips the wires and Ida off the wall and throws them at the Duggler. She'll have okay. to roll to, like, not get fucked up by it, but it might achieve what she's trying. Okay, then. Um, yeah, if you'll allow me to, I'll, I'll have the, I'll use the, the skeletal hand to, like, manipulate these wires and, and thrust. Oh, I'm just thinking it's like, like if the hand is coming through to grip, it just sweeps yeah. through the wall, bringing stone and I th wire. I think the, the heads up that Ida gets is these skeletal, giant skeletal fingertips, one, two, three, four, five, protrude out around her and the wire. Um, and that's her opportunity to get out of the way before the rest of the hand comes. Um, so uh, Ida, I've got two options for you. You can roll a deck save to just leap off the wall uh, or... If you're committed to trying to connect the wires, uh, you can roll either an athletics or an acrobatics to ride this fucking skeletal hand directly into the monster. Um, with the wires. Uh, no, no, because I, I'm like I'm checking down, and I I realize this is Maka, so I think I'm going to I must trust Maka. This Great. is one of those things like. So do you this want be, acrobatics? This would be ridiculous if I killed myself, like if I died getting the wires connected and then no one knew what was supposed to happen. <laughs> right. Oh, so you do want to get <laughs> the fuck out of the way. Yeah, I want to get the fuck out of the right. way. Uh, so, uh, no one knows what I'm trying to do, really. <laughs> no, no, that totally makes sense. Um, that's a very I valid point. survive. <laughs> uh, so go ahead with the deck save, please. Oh, dear God. Uh, I will give you advantage because he warned you by not just sweeping. Also, oh, nice. bless. bless works on saving throws. Oh, what do I add? Unlikely D4. fellowship. That makes it a 16. Um, you know, Thank you. having run the math on trying to uncouple these wires that are like very well established, you realize this ain't happening. But then this hand is ripping through the wall. So I think you just kind of 
let go. But as you drop, you're looking at the trajectory you need to then plug them into this thing when it drops. So you, I think, like angle yourself into the pit. <laughs> yeah, okay. What were you going to say? You can no, also I think... do something cooler if you have it. No, there's like, there's definitely a like, and wires go there. Like, <laughs> she's very aware. Amazing. Um, do you yell something or think something as you drop? I feel like Ida isn't exactly a drop from the ceiling kind of person normally. But she's heard puns. She's heard battle cries. Maybe she's going to try her own. It's a learning experience. Fingies crossed. Um, uh, I do like free fall. <laughs> That's it. Amazing. All right, Maka, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt so much of your spell. Uh, okay. Go ahead with the hand. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to add that D4 that you mentioned from the, the Bless to hit here. Um. The D the four should be rolled once. So that's three bonus. And then with advantage, I will roll the D20 twice. That's correct. Okay. Well, three. So let's hope we get a little better. Better. 16 plus three, 19 plus seven, 26 to hit. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, keep in mind, you have damage bonus from Ita if she chooses to burn yep. it, which I imagine she does. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so Is the, the this hand... is attacking with the hand, right? Yeah. The, yeah, the... okay. The chill skeletal hand uh, connects. Does anything happen with the wires immediately or should I roll like chill touch damage? Uh, roll your damage. Um, what Ida knows, but the rest of you don't is if the creature is around, it can just like brush them off. It has to be un like dropped for a hot second before you can plug back in. Got it, okay. So three and seven, uh, 10 necrotic damage. And add a nine. I am rolling fucking gangbusters on this D10. <laughs> Damn, man. It had 17 left. Uh, <laughs> good work with that extra damage. Um, so the hand grabs the throat and the Douglas like, oh, no. You snacks. Uh, and then <laughs> it just drives the Douglar's head uh, into the side of the um, the second floor kind of um, walkway, just cracks it off that uh, fucking million dollar baby style. And uh, the, um, the Douglar collapses. Um, but as it's down, you can see, uh, and um, I was going to say Duncan realizes this, but he's busy fighting his backpack. Um, the wounds are starting to heal up. Okay. I will say as it collapses, it crushes the final dwarf. Just got to lower the NPC count. Your cordyceps guy is still up, as is the... Can you control both of them as... Yes. If, yeah, if he man. freshly drops as a reaction, I can resurrect him with one HP as a cordyceps. Well, zombie. I was just going to say, like, you can do the <laughs> anaconda and the cordyceps zombies. Yeah, they're not concentration. The anaconda is concentration. Fuck, man. If I lose amazing. concentration, nice. he disappears. No, I love it. I love the it. zombies have one HP. That's like they're brought back for a fleeting moment. So like literally if anything happens to them, they drop. And All right, we're going to say that, that the guy who was a cordycept turns into compost, but there is now a fresh corpse that you can okay. raise. Plus there's a bunch right. of other relatively fresh corpses you can still raise. Um, but uh, the Douglar is down. Um, Ita. Uh, Mock is still on the second floor. Yeah, oh, I'm down by its feet. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. you are. <laughs> Um, oh, um, I'm sorry, Ida. I said you were going to drop into the pit because you're trying to pull trajectories. Your whole goal is to hit the intercom, so you can be up on the uh, the walkway. Okay. Yeah. So I think that was more like almost like javelin the cables. 
too. <laughs> like with a monster. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, so the I skeletal could... hand like dragged them into it. So like it's it's all okay, perfect. There. It's now all you, perfect. Now you got to climb down. <laughs> no, the comms up at the top, right? And the yeah, comms up top. You, didn't you have to climb to the ceiling to get the wires? She jumped down to avoid the hand. So she's ah, actually in, in perfect positioning for this. Yeah. It will be crackly. It's not a good connection, but it is a connection. Okay. So so we have power? Um, Jurassic Park style, yes. You pick up the phone and there is signal. <laughs> all right. You push the button. Um, also, all the, the little lights are like uh, flickering. They're not fully powered, but they are. Okay. They have charge. I said, <laughs> I just kind of give up the comment. Attention, please. If if everyone would like to survive uh, for in the next uh, minute, even uh, I think that uh, all of these stone shape shapers uh, must collapse the mine. Thank you. Please do that now. Thank you. Eater, he yells for ways. How the fuck are we gonna get out of here? Uh, can you wait? Just uh. <laughs> Sir, please put a hold on that. Uh, wait uh, 30 seconds and everyone please run away. Thank how you. are we going to get out of a mine in 30 seconds? There are uh, thousands of innocent wait, demons. Please, you fucking that's, that's all of Ida's turn. Um, <laughs> top of the round. Um, or no, sorry. Bottom of the round is Karen. Uh, Fuck Karen. Karen begins to uh, choke uh, the life out of you, Duncan. And man, this is fucking frustrating. But it's also like, it's armor on your back. This is a bit of a nightmare. Um, Gwendolyn, uh, I need you to roll a thrown sword uh, attack, please. Yes, I can do that. That's a 22 to hit. Um, Duncan, you're stumbling back. You like get your, your footing. Um, but also you've seen enough bar brawls to kind of know what a bad situation is. And this is like, if four p different people were like beating on you from behind. Um, and then all of a sudden you feel pressure on your foot and you look down and there's a single boot pressing on your foot. It's an unfamiliar boot. Um, but then looking up, um, a fucking machine gun blast of armor comes flying out of the hole in the wall. As Gwendolyn, uh, you bring your entire force of will against Karen. Um, Tom, worth mentioning for flavor, Duncan is currently carrying the Ellos blade on his back for a. Were you wearing it? I wasn't sure. I thought maybe you left it upstairs. No, he would never let that separate from him. So, so that's armor what... starts just raining down upon you with no effect, really. It's just raining down like a machine gun. You kind of get what's going on, um, but I'm going to need you to roll a dex save. I know that's so bad for you, uh, but a dex save, please, sir. <laughs> As the armor pings. 17. Great. You just duck and cover and armor begins just blasting around you and you feel a tug on your back um, as the Elos blade uh, flies free. Um, Gwendolyn, uh, I need you to roll perhaps the most important constitution save of your short life. Oh, that's nice. 
that's a 20 total. Um, the blade flies into the center of your Azul and freezes and goes from kind of like wobbling and flying through the air to just sharpening to a fine point. Um, and as you as an entity focus all of your attention on Karen, um, you feel the blade begin to tremble. Uh, and then you feel a hand on your shoulder and a smiling man says, yes, this is exactly what we did this for. And then he slaps you on the back and the blade flies out of your Azul um, into directly into the heart of the armor of Amalek and Solaris, directly through the hole in the shape of the, the moon of Jossie. And it pins the chest piece directly into the Duggler. And as you turn your attention, you see that razor-sharp grin you remember seeing reflected in the blade the first time you killed a Necrotus soldier before it dissipates. Meanwhile, Duncan, you've seen the Elos blade drawn. You've heard the word of Gwendolyn, and you see the breastplate pinned to the demon. What do you say? Uh, get and the rest of it, he says, as he like shakes out the bag, just like throws the armor towards yep. where he saw the, the blade float. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, the um, so the armor falls, Gwendolyn. You feel yourself drawn uh, to the remaining pieces. Uh, the chest plate is impaled on uh, on the Duggler and Maka, uh, you amongst uh, the rest of them, but particularly you. I think actually only you in, in your mind just here. Oh yeah. Fish sticks. Uh, and Gwendolyn through the air, you just hear fucking no. As the Duggler consumes Karen, um, drawing her essence out of the armor, the chest plate and the Ellos blade fall to the ground and slowly but surely rolling across the ground like an adorable slow motion video, they reassemble and you find yourself sitting exhausted, looking up at Duncan, a demon, some wires, an orc countant and Maka as the entire chamber begins to rumble. Over the loudspeaker you hear, uh, hey, yo everybody, this is, um, this is President Nagata and President Richard. Oh, uh, yo, this is President Eisenhorn. Uh, hi, I'm President Steve. Uh, and a chorus of former presidents <laughs> give the order to drop Sprong Breck. You have moments to escape. What do you do? Uh, Duncan yells to Maka, like, use magic, asshole! Uh, and then he runs over to the intercom, and he's just like, oils, my Brian! Oils, my Brian! Beam us the hell out of here! Um, up top, uh, Moyles, Brian is like, oh, why, why did we build all of these things as one-way trips? This is fucking stupid. We really got to work on this. Um, and then uh, you hear um, a ring of explosions above you the walls begin to tremble um, and you can 
almost feel the air around you compress as everything built above the chamber begins to fall. At which point you hear, well, looks like you fellows are in a, a spot of trouble. Maybe you need a little friend uh, with a little bit of snap and suspender action, am I right? Look how high my pants are now. And Gatsby pulls up his pants, flips his suspenders, and then double points uh, to the stone bender, who's like, oh, hey, everybody. It seems like we all need a trip out of here. Well, hippity-skippity, off we go. Hop scotch and a scotch we go. Um, and suddenly you all drop through the floor as yep. Fortress Sprongbreck collapses on top of you. I was going to uh, say, somehow before we sink through the floor, Duncan has already thrown Gwendolyn over a shoulder to just like fireman carry her wherever. Yeah. And then they fall and it's awkward. Uh, you fall um, into the ground and for a moment you have that same horrible sensation. But then you begin to slide through it. And now it's very controlled. And it's very much like a Magneto doing his fucking magic ball thing. Uh, and she's like, sorry there, I lost my mind for a little bit, stuck in my own brain for a bit. But then my old pal Gatsby reminded me about stickball. Hadn't thought about that in a while, really did a good work. Anyway, off we go. And as you float upward, you watch as um, a long um, crystalline glowing needle at the base of Sprongbreck Fortress just fucking eviscerates the Duggler. Um, and uh, you honestly only drift a few meters up because now Sprongbreck Fortress is here. So you kind of go out and around and tumble through a side door um, to like a crowded airport on Christmas. There are just dwarves fucking everywhere. Um, and you hear all manner of, of dialects. Uh, there's all manner of weird bro culture because they're all still in their 20s. Uh, just some of them are from the 20s and mm -hmm. earlier. Um, and it is just mass chaos. But you spill out um, sort of through a wall um, into a corner. Um, uh, the stone shaper grabs uh, Gatsby and does the full like V-Day kiss for him. Um, there's celebration. Uh, everyone is like panicked, confused, but y'all are alive and you have a hot second um, with each other uh, before <laughs> the name brand dwarves you know find you. Um, Gwendolyn, for the final time, you look down at your hands and they're your hands. And you look down at your chest and there's the symbol of Jossie that, that pierced your chest and Karen's. Uh, only now there's like a strange imperfection off of it uh, that seems to be a very surprised, very upset looking koi uh, burned into it like a scar uh, with little X's over the eyes. And then Duncan finally sets you down. And he's like, <laughs> don't you ever invite fucking fish people into your body ever again. No familiars. Oh, I missed you. Uh, and then he'll hug her because uh, that's kind of yeah. who he is. I'll, I'll give him a hug and be like, you, you recognized me. You knew it was me. You didn't give up on me. And I just turn around. I see Mock and I just slap him in the face. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it is good to see you, Gwendolyn. Mm, yes. Yeah, you too. Just like, you know, 
recognize me next time. Like, Ita, there is a talking suit of armor in front of you. What do you do? This is, excuse me, uh, excuse, uh, can I just lift up your, your, your helmet, please? I need to help. What? Nothing inside. This is most perturbing. How, what energy do you consume to move this way? Uh, and as great as that solo duologue would be, uh, it's interrupted uh, by the sounds of, oh, you found your princess. I am very excited that you did that. Also, I want you to know, I've decided relationships aren't for me. Only scholarly pursuits. I'm going to the Empire Numbers to learn like you. And Jaden runs up and hugs Ida. That is fantastic. Uh, when you go, can you try to find out uh, who started the conspiracy? <laughs> I uh, will do that. Um, and um, with that, you are all suddenly whisked forward uh, by the crowd. Um, keep in mind, um, their entire society has been powered by this demon for quite some time. So like everyone's thrilled that they aren't dead but also their entire society has collapsed. So there's equal parts excitement and holy shit, what the fuck? Um, and uh, you are ushered to the president's house where uh, all of the presidents who have managed to find their way back to the office are assembled. Uh, Maka, you are greeted by um, President Nagata who just raises an arm to you. Uh, and says, uh, yo, dude, I, uh, I didn't realize I was going to be trapped uh, in my body the whole time. So that was a bummer. But uh, at the same time, you really, you really gave me something to believe in and to be okay with. And, you know, I've been talking to some of the other presidents. <laughs> Man, they all had a bad time. But um, you told me I needed to look over the people. So when I realized I was just going to be stuck in a stone body forever, I just realized that's what I would do. I would just watch everyone and, and take care of them, even just from a distance. and Just be like, you're dope. You're dope. You're dope. And they'd never hear it, but like, that's just what I was going to do. Um, you may have saved me by helping me cross over, man. And uh, I don't know what any of our futures look like, but... Um, that's pretty rad. I don't know what your life is like outside of this this adventure thing you're doing, but um, thank you. I think you got it right. You are welcome, Nagata. And do not forget that it is also you who is dope. <laughs> I call it like... <laughs> As if that's like powerful wisdom will like nod sagely. and like Honestly, <laughs> she is like, this is a revelation. Yeah. Um, you are uh, welcomed into uh, the president's uh, mansion. And um, again, equal parts uh, trepidation and excitement. Um, as is common in your travels, uh, an entire society has been wildly disrupted. Um, but uh, the gray is gone. Um as uh, everyone kind of relates their experiences, it becomes clear that uh, the Dougler, who they thought was uh, just being basically used as a battery, um, was actually using them as like a lazy fast food snack. 
um, their proximity and complete inability or interest in examining why they were all dying so fast uh, meant he had a permanent food solution uh, until you dropped a fortress on him. Um, so uh, Sprongbrek is now in complete chaos, but has a way forward. And Maka, for you, it's almost like the air was stale and now the, the air is fresh. Um, yeah, Maka has... said, everyone in this colony is roughly like 18 to 30. So they've got a weird ride ahead. Um but uh, the balance has been restored. And sorry, Tyler, you were going to say. I was just saying, like, like Maka feels just immense satisfaction uh, by playing a part in eliminating this graying affliction uh, from the cycle, knowing now that like life can flourish, reach its natural end, and then return to the earth as it should. Um, you notice um, Nagata... Um, has a, a notebook um, that, that she seems to have been scribbling on. Uh, and she seems to be looking for like a, a symbol uh, for Sprongbrek uh, and what Sprongbrek will be. Um, also, as anyone in the 30s can tell you, uh, uncertain future, what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> um, to anyone else's eye, it would look like she's just sketching random uh, icons. But to your eye, you can see that in her own way, she's quietly replicating the symbol of Jossie and you can feel Jossie's influence here, even though this wasn't directly a, a cluster resurrection um, by introducing the idea of actually being part of the cycle. Um, her influence seems to be, be felt. Okay. Um, Ita, uh, you have managed to uh, ascertain that there is in fact an issue with the books Unfortunately, the issue is not here. It's elsewhere. Um, so it's a bit of more of a hollow victory for you. Is there anything Ida would do or want to wrap up um, here during the uh, Ewok-style celebration that everyone is having? I think there's just a, um, a very uh, genuine um, uh, quick discussion with with uh, Duncan and, and Mark. I mean, like, I am very glad that I did not inadvertently crush us all to death, even though that looked likely for a few seconds. Did seem illogical to drop the city on us, but in your wisdom, you must have known we would escape. Good, yes. Um, if I can just throw one narrative piece in here, um, Ida, I think you would also explain that in the emergency documents, it very clearly stated that uh, the Dougler could not be killed by conventional means. Yeah, I, I well, as soon as Maka said, like, in mm -hmm. his wisdom, I would have to counter that, be like, um, that is incorrect. There was, there was no, there was no wisdom in that at all. There was one way to destroy this creature and... And and that was that that was our objective, no? Incorrect. Our objective was to get the princess back, which is why the princess is here. I'm glad we destroyed the creature, but you've got to learn to think ahead. You're supposed to be smart. You just decided we'd all die unilaterally, sacrificing us. And oh god, how many demon knights down there just got crushed in a mind? That lady saved four of us, but there were like hundreds. And Maka like nods and sighs happily. Hmm, yes, dead. 
Mm, good. Yes. Uh, and Richard chimes in. He says, if they died in the mines, sir, they were doing the thing they were born to do. They were, after all, meant to keep the demons at bay. And uh, trust me, they, even though they didn't stop the demon, they died doing what they believed in. Plus, they're no longer encased in stone. So that's good for all of us. Sorry, I didn't mean to eavesdrop. Turns out I am indeed a tricky dick. Ha ha ha! Off I go. And he just stumbles away. Well, that man's never sounded more like a king. Just saying, ah, hundreds of people died doing a job I wanted them to do. I think he might do all right here. Not as a great king. I mean, everyone here's 28. I'm really worried about their medical care. In like 30 to 40 years, literally everyone here is going to be in some sort of old age home. I'm very worried. It is concerning because they have all lived the YOLO philosophy. Uh, therefore, they have most certainly damaged their bodies uh, completely unrelated to any gray illnesses that... that Do you know what? Ita, you make a great point. I think there may be a task that you and President Nagata and Checky Dick and Maka could all be a part of, which is coming up with a new philosophy to replace YOLO. Because though they only live once, all of these dwarves are now going to live a very long time. And they have no philosophical basis to be able to continue with that life. Throwing something about justice for me, and I'm pretty good. I don't do philosophy. But I do need to speak with the princess for a moment. Hmm. I, will, so. I will step aside. Yeah, Maka will leave too. Great. Uh, and Duncan will just like put one of his coppers to his chest to just have a moment in his head with justice and be like, you brought her back. You've maintained the faith. At the same time, I would have missed a demon if I hadn't gone looking for it. But as we've shown here, I know what I have to do. And he turns around and he's like, Gwendolyn, it is great to have you back. I am oathed to have your survival and I have defeated a demon and returned you so that you can return to Orville and rule rightly. And at the same time, now that you've returned, as we've learned how fragile our existence can be, I need you to free me from my oath to the crown. Uh, uh, oh, oh, well, I, well, I mean, that's fine. Yeah, sure, you're free. I, I mean, I kind of thought you were, you were like doing this voluntarily. What? <laughs> well, I mean, just like. You know, because, like, I thought you were like, oh, yes, we have to make things right in the world. Let's get Gwendolyn back and defeat the evil shit. And Well, I mean, vaguely, yes. But remember when you were in charge and you made all of the decisions and I let you make all of the decisions and many of them were terrible, but I was oath sworn to the crown of Orville. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like I should really be making decisions like unilaterally, given that like I die, I've died, and then I died again, and then I very nearly died a third time, all in different ways. It's a little bit befuddling, but um, yeah, put, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I should have that 
power over you that I wasn't really quite, I mean, I guess I was aware I had that, I guess I kind of abused it. Um, but yeah, I, I shouldn't do that anymore. So if releasing you does that, I mean, that's, that's fine. I've been through a bit of a, you know, tricky situation these last few days. And, uh, uh, I mean, let's face it. My own stupidity got me there. Yay. I'm not See, capable of look, a sarcastic look, yay I'm... about this. You're, you're the future of a nation. But I'm glad you're back. And that's good. And I'm glad you're freeing me from this oath. But I need you to say that you free me from the fourth oath of the Dawnbreakers in terms of its legitimacy to the crown. So I can oh. just be sworn to the code. All right. I free you from the fourth oath of the Dawnbreakers in terms of its legitimacy to the throne. There you, there you go. I, I don't remember if what you said after that was part of it. And then he like, winces and like puts his copper to his chest and just has to think to justice like did that count because it really <laughs> feels with the tone like it should not be binding but technically it is and then i think at that point he's like all right but now we've got you back tell me about the journey that you've been on and i will do my best not to criticize but just to listen because i feel like what you need is a friend I also feel like your best in that respect isn't very good. It's a good start. It's a great start. <laughs> Do you um, know what? Maybe you could take some time to think. <laughs> He'll just turn and storm off like he does. <laughs> um, so the party spends a fraught night as uh, and, and as indeed um, Strongbrecht does uh, or Strongbrechtlia or um, the village of Strong as it was initially <laughs> called. Um, but eventually, um, Gwendolyn, Duncan... Uh, well, actually, sorry, there, there's one one thing that occurs before that. Um, Duncan, you're uh, approached uh, twice uh, before the, the evening is done. Um, the first time, uh, you you kind of storm off from Gwendolyn and you, you're, you know, you're, you're salty about it. Um, you're also I the... I think he's also a little happily salty. I will note, like this Fully, is no, I, I'm a hundred percent with you. But this sorry, is the, the parent who's very constantly frustrated with their daughter, and then she runs away and it's panic stricken, and then she comes back and is still a little shit. But it's like a happier frustrated than it ever was before. A hundred percent, and like you're also, I think, storming off is kind of your your like <laughs> like your base level response. Um, so you, you kind of storm away happily. Um, and of course, before the night is out, uh, the two of you will will reconnect and, and speak further. Um, but uh, Duncan, there is still one thing that haunts you a bit as uh, someone who serves justice, which is what the fuck happened to Jeanette Wilcox? Um, and uh, to your surprise, um, you actually see um, a uh, an angry dwarven lady um, who has a very unfortunate face tattoo. Um, marching Sandra into the president's office. Um, and uh, the lady's like, yo, uh, hey, tubular dudes, uh, listen, I was just like having a radical time when this motherfucker poisoned me. Yeah, I grayed out, but I was unconscious for months first. And like, there's kind of like a record skip and everyone like turns to look. And Sandra is just like shooting like side eye at everyone. Um, she's like, yeah, she realized that if she could just drug me until I grayed out, 
She could just take everything I taught her and just become the master sooner. Um, and it occurs to you, Duncan, that uh, the justice system here is going to be kind of fucked because there's probably a lot of people who abuse the gray in weird ways. Um, but sure enough, uh, it turns out that Sandra uh, poisoned her master uh, who was teaching her the ways of stone shaping uh, in the hopes of becoming uh, a master faster than most other apprentices. However, with the, the gray having disappeared, now literally everyone who was ever wrong, slighted, or murdered in a non-stabby-stabby like, way uh, is back around. Uh, and Sandra sighs and is like, yeah, okay, fine. I poisoned her. And, um, and I killed Jeanette. She, uh, she learned from this fucking guy's armor that, uh, that all you were trapped in your stupid suits. And I thought if I took her out, then maybe Jaden could still win. But then he fucking abdicated. So you know what? Just call this Sandra's revenge. And then she gets punched in the side of the head by her, uh, the person who trained her. And she's like, we'll deal with this situation later. Um, but yes, as it, uh, as it turns out, um, uh, there were indeed some some valuable learnings uh, from the examination of the armor of Kinsolaris, uh, the greatest of which was that a, a soul could reside in it without a soul bond or, in fact, corporeal being, which was new. Uh, normally, fragments would be left. Uh, but upon learning this, Sandra murdered Jeanette uh, in order to hope that Jaden could just push them up and over so she could continue to be cool at stone shaping until she grayed. Uh, unfortunately, due to your intercession, um, her master was able to call her out and she confessed to the crime. It would have got away with it if it wasn't for you and your meddling turtle, uh, she says before being dragged out of the room. Um, but uh, with that, uh, a few people mention um, that uh, they're curious about uh, Jeanette's notes. And as a result, they review uh, what she looked into. And um, you basically have like six very excited, recently defrosted people who want to explain the armor to you. Um, so Duncan, what you learn is that um, the armor is in fact void of any spiritual anchor at all. No, no one is soul bonded to it um, with the exception perhaps of Gwendolyn. Uh, but even she isn't bonded in the way they would traditionally bond armor. What's interesting is there is no trace of Freckland the Tall. Um, that said, uh, there is evidence of uh, Necrotus' um, influence on the armor. Uh, and the various armorers suggest that perhaps uh, the influence of the Necrotus itself ate away whatever remnants of Freckland were in the armor, meaning the armor was in fact an empty shell uh, when donned by Amala. Um, Maka, uh, as you continue to kind of try and wrap your head around what you experienced in the bone spurs, um, the fact that the necrotis, whatever strain the necrotis is, can eat away uh, the essence of someone it doesn't infect. Because you've, you've encountered people who had remnants of themselves within the necrotis being. Um, this all sounds vaguely spore-like to you. This sounds like what would happen if organic material was left in metal buried in the ground. Um, and uh, with a bit of a, f uh, a falling, um, like a, a pit of your stomach feeling, um, you get the sense that 
perhaps the necrotus is more tied to the cluster than you initially suspected. You felt a separate cluster in the bone spurs. And this would seem to, to follow through on that. The good news for you, Duncan, is that Amala was not a weird, uh, horrible murder monster. Um, But more importantly, that by rights, with no trace of Freckland left, the armor now is no longer the armor of Amalekin Solaris or Freckland the Tall, but the armor of Gwendolyn Kinsolaris. That is satisfying. Uh, And I think where he would take that knowledge that night, because I doubt they'd race out kind of thing, he swore an oath to that priest that he would have a drink with him after all of this was done. Uh, And at this point, all of this is definitely done. So he would go and have a drink with the priest, but more importantly, there were the leftover bits of the armor that Karen had worn Mm -hmm. that were left there. Uh, and he would collect the faceplate that looked like Gwendolyn. And he would bring that to Gwendolyn as the, like, welcome back, Apollo. Like, they approaching around the fire after their day of their, like, tense kind of battles. Uh, and he would just kind of, you know, he stormed off. They didn't talk, but they will, because uh, they gotta be friends. Uh, and he kind of goes back, and that's his gift, like, I don't know if there's a fire. I don't know what the equivalent... Like, where would Gwendolyn spend the night now that Gwendolyn's back in a body in Sprongbreck? Normally, it would be like, oh, we're sitting around a fire well, at a camp. Um, but. Ryan, I think we could safely say uh, this could happen after you leave Sprongbreck rather than just that Perfect. Night. There's a lot so it is on. around a campfire. Have Outside a drink with the priest. Um, so um, the Council of Presidents uh, bids you farewell thanks you um, and a uh, the stone shaper uh, f- that you you freed from the mines uh, helps bring you back up to the surface and uh, she says uh, well looks like this is the- and uh, obviously Gatsby's there too uh, and she's like well seems like you're well on your way and I wish the best for both of you um, I would like to say on uh, behalf of all of our people I remember history perhaps better than some. And uh, the way humans were used in the past was quite reprehensible. Uh, it, I've had a lot of time to reflect about this, and I never sat, sat right with me in the first place. Honestly, I remember my great-great-great-great-grandpappy passing a story down um, about the gift that had been brought here from the people in the shiny bits. Sinkai, he called them. And I know that uh, people tended to just believe that uh, the gift of the humans was uh, just a nice thing to make everything go a little bit easier, but uh, that never sat right with me. Humans, from what I had heard, were uh, always a, uh, an intelligent and self-aware people. Uh, what all of us, both down under and on ground here, did to your people was reprehensible. And uh, I intend to make sure people know about it. Isn't that right, Gatsby, baby? And uh, he's like, Yes, I also have this voice. I agree. And he snaps his suspenders. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, and they um, <laughs> sink back into the ground. Uh, Duncan had no response because slavery is bad is so self-evident that you don't have to give somebody a pat on the back for saying it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I was more curious whether the Sinkai thing hit 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, <laughs> fucked. Um, and uh, with that, uh, you you make your way kind of, I think, awkwardly away from the entrance uh, of the giant pit behind you, um, where uh, Sprongbrek was previously. Um, it's late. Uh, you're exhausted. The, the farewells were were tiring, but now there are four of you, which is nice, and uh, and no Karen. So like aces. Um, you set up camp for the night, uh, not too far from uh, where you killed the frost salamander. And uh, Duncan, you get to have your moment with Gwendolyn. Yeah, I think he'd just kind of go up to the, or maybe, you know what? I, I don't know where Gwendolyn sleep, but whatever the tent situation yep. is, she's got her hands full of dirt jammed in her face or whatever. Uh, and he'd just reach collecting over and like, it. sorry? I'm collecting it. Perfect. Well, he, he, and then he'd like reach over and like, tap you and it would ring a little bit and that would be like weirdly satisfying for him after so much time away from embodied armor uh and he'd be like princess uh, as you yeah. may have heard <laughs> the the armor is the armor was the armor of Frecklin the tall and the armor was the armor of amalekin solaris and it was the armor of karen and insane familiar that we damned to hell but right now the armor is yours. Your soul is what animates it. It's clean. Which means that this armor is no longer a relic. This armor is a body. And I know you've struggled with being faceless inside this form. And Karen had a face made that's actually pretty reasonably put together. So if you want to claim this suit as your own and have your own imprint, this is for you. Uh, and he hands over the like finely carved uh, metal face of Gwendolyn when she was alive that can be merged with the suit and the helmet should she so please and uh, Duncan as you do so you notice um, a winged blade uh, imprinted in the forehead symbol of justice oh fuck yeah I nailed it he says to himself as he hands it over <laughs> he needed a sign that things were working and now he's just fucking psyched uh yeah this doesn't have any like essence of karen left on it does it uh well, gwendolyn I've... you reach out with the abilities you've ascertained from your kind of time as as pure azul yeah. uh there is no trace of karen anywhere well shit sure this will make it easier for people to identify me i am who i say i am um and gwendolyn you carefully put the faceplate into the empty helm and realized like, it's not like having a face suddenly oh, it's just kind of there. So um, does. I, I feel like this is maybe more meaningful to other people. Uh, and yet the gesture is the most like Duncan when you were a child that you remember yeah. that you've, you've ever seen. Meanwhile, uh, Maka, you've tucked in for the night. You managed to bring peace to uh, a number of people outside the cycle. And uh, you're taking a well-deserved rest. Uh, there's sentimental bullshit happening nearby, but like, meh. Um, when uh, the cluster begins to pulse um, in a way that is uncomfortable enough to wake you up. And as you, you rise and kind of, uh, I think you probably napped near the tent, not in the tent, because you're just kind of letting that happen. Um, you look up. Uh, to see torches encircling you, uh, encircling the camp. 
Uh, Duncan would normally notice this, but he's busy having an emotional moment with his uh, princess. Um, and as you rise, you see the ring of torches close inward and a turtle appears through the trees and just says, mm, yes, I fucked up the orgy room spectacularly and I hear that you have been taking credit for it. Mm. It would seem time <laughs> Maka Deathcap outcast of Bleen that you face the justice of Ginkgo Greenleaf. Mm. And with that <laughs> the soldiers of Ginkgo Longleaf not Greenleaf encircle the camp and take you all prisoner. This episode of Curse Code and Crowd Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra, and the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc, Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGeeTD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse, Code, and Crown! Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.